is up, everybody? This is Power to Wimix, and this is the 35th episode. Woohoo! Like, 35. What the? Can't even believe I've made it this far, but look at us go. Today, on my desk, I have a very special friend. Uh, his name is Luca. So, Luca is in a whale bottom... Um, or like a mermaid. I kind of thought this was kind of like a mermaid tale. Um, so that's why I named him Luca because I was like, this is Luca. You know what I mean? And if you've seen that movie, it's a really good movie. But yeah, so that's my special friend for the day, my special plant. Uh, I don't know what kind of plant he is, but he looks gorgeous. So He's going to join us in talking about somebody who's very special and somebody who I had no idea about, but I feel like I should have known. I know I say that a lot, but I really feel like a lot of people need to know who this is. And the reason I picked her was because, for one, she's still alive. And I'm kind of wanting to start talking about more people who are relevant in today's history. So, like people who are doing like women who are doing amazing things today and so that's why I picked her because she's doing amazing things right now and the second reason I picked her was because she is such a brave and strong and confident woman that when I read about her I was like there's no way that I can't just not talk about her you know you know what I mean like I had to. <laughs> uh, so the person I'm going to be talking about today is Dr. Amani Balor. Uh, she is a Syrian doctor. And when I was doing research on her, um, the only birthday that I found was the year she was born. So she was born in 1987. So she's really not that old, which is freaking amazing because that means she has a lot more life to live, hopefully, and a lot more advancement to help the planet and to help the people on the planet. Um, so Amani was born in Ghouta, Syria. So she is a Syrian person, born, raised, and she has five siblings. So she is the second youngest of those five siblings, and she has three sisters and two old and two brothers. So it's a good mix, you know. So what is Amon, Dr. Amani Balor? Who is she? You know what? What has she done? You know what? I'm here to tell you. So she is a Syrian pediatric uh, doctor who is an advocate of women's and children's rights. Uh, so she is a pediatric doctor. So to go back just a little bit, uh, so when she was younger, she was actually given the chance to go to college, which is super unusual because a lot of women in Syria were not allowed to go to college. They were not allowed to get a higher education and they just did not allow that. And in fact, her three old, her three other sisters, they were the youngest one was married at 13. 13 years old. Could you imagine getting married at 13 years old? that's crazy. So she told her family, she's like, I don't want to get married. I'm not going to get married. I'm going to go to college. So she actually went to Damascus University, which is the capital of Syria. So she went to a very prestigious university. And when she originally went there, she wanted to become an engineer. And 
that did not go over well. Uh, first off, being an engineer in Syria was a very male-dominated field. And Syrian is a very patriarchal society. So they don't believe that women should work. They don't believe that women should have an education. They believe that they that women's place is at home, which is not true, but okay. But she was actually given the opportunity to go to college, thankfully, you know, but she couldn't go into engineering because her family wouldn't support her. So she had a change, you know, and her father actually wanted her to become a doctor because doctors were respected, you know. So he was like, if you're going to go to college, you got to go be a doctor. Um, so she decided to keep going to college, you know. She really wanted an education. She didn't want to get married junk, so she went to go be a doctor. And then um, halfway through, she figured, she was like, you know, I'm going to work with children because I love children, so I'm going to become a pediatric doctor, um, which is freaking amazing that she did that. And I love children, so that's really cool that she, like, went with her intuition and went with what she really liked to do, even though she really didn't want to be a doctor. But she grew to love it, and she grew to love helping kids, um, which is freaking amazing. So in 2009, I believe, I could have gotten that date wrong, I'm not sure, but the Syrian civil war was started. So the revolution started getting bad, and Amani was still studying. She had gotten her degree already, but she was still doing, like, studies and stuff. You know, like, when you just go to a hospital and, like, like you're there working, but you're not a full doctor yet, you know? So she actually was still studying when the Civil War started. Um, but in one event that happened to her, it changed her whole life. So... She was at her home one day, and um, her neighbors had knocked on the door and were like, can you help me? Can you help us? Our son, he's sick. He, he's injured. Um, so what had happened, actually, is the neighbor's 12-year-old little boy was standing ne next to a peaceful demonstration when the something happened. I don't know what happened, but... The gunfire took off, and he was just a bystander who got shot in the head. Um, so th the neighbors, they were afraid to go to the hospital because they were afraid that the hospital would turn them into the government. And the government is the reason the Civil War happened, because the, peace, the people of Syria were trying to peacefully protest, uh, but the government did not like that, and they started bombing, and they started having chemical attacks and all these other horrible things to these Syrian people for just, and the Syrian people are just demanding basic human rights. You know what I mean? So, um, but by the time the neighbors actually brought their son to Amani, he was already dead and she couldn't do anything for him. And that was really sad. And she really took that really hard. I mean, who won it? You know what I mean? But she, at that moment, she decided she's like, I have to quit my studies and I have to go volunteer to help because somebody needs to do something, you know. So she actually went to go work at, uh, at the hospital in Guta and that's where she just kept working for the rest of the time that she was in Syria. Um, but the civil war actually has killed half a million people and it has also dislocated 6.6 .6 million people. And that is just so disheartening to me because... It's the government doing that to their own people. I find that sickening and it's just, 
it's horrible. You know what I mean? But she was there at this hospital in Guta, which was a six-story building, but it was still under construction, so it wasn't all fully um, functional and all that stuff. So yeah, so the it was still under construction, but when the Civil War started getting really bad and the government started bombing more, they would target hospitals. Uh, the government would with their bombs and their attacks because uh, that's where people would gather and that's where um, sick people were. So it was, so the government basically thought it was an easy kill, which is so effed up. Don't even, like, I can't even explain it, you know what I mean? It's so, it's messed up. But um, they, the doctors and Amani finally decided that they had to move their operation underground because it was no longer safe above ground in the actual building. So they actually moved the hospital down underground, underground, and that's where they started operating on people. So at first, they only had two or three rooms, and Amani was there from the very, very beginning. So she's seen all of this. Um, but fun fact, when they moved underground, they started calling the hospital the cave now and the cave actually grew so they actually um started building tunnels to damascus because guta was in a a range where nobody was letting medicine in nobody was letting food in so they were starving all the people in guta were starving because they want to and dying because they want to allow resources into that city so they actually started building tunnels underneath starting out at the hospital, the caves, and going to the capital so they, that way they could get materials for the hospital and for the people in the hospital. So that was really cool, you know what I mean? And I thought that was super interesting. But um, the cave grew and it got a lot bigger, which is amazing. So to go back a little bit, the cave was actually started in 2013, I believe. So that's when it officially went underground. And by 2007, in 2016, sorry, in 2016, uh, Dr. Amani Valor made a, a huge achievement. She became the first woman hospital director in Syria, which is freaking amazing. And it's so sad that I had to come from a moment like that, but she was able to stand up and take that responsibility, which is freaking amazing. You know what I mean? And at that time, she was only 28 years old. Okay, which is wild to think about because not only does she have to manage the hospital, try to get resources, she also acted as a doctor to help pediatricians because in, this, in the country of Syria, um, at that time, there's only five pediatrics, ped, pediatricians at that time. So, of course, she had to work on the children, you know what I mean? But she had to do all of these things in a time of war, you know what I mean? If that doesn't show that she is a strong woman, I don't know what else would because, my goodness, I don't know how she did it. Towards the very end in 2018, there was just constant bombings. The government just started dropping over, like, every hour which is so freaking sad. She actually did keep a very detailed journal, which helped her learn and helped others learn, which is freaking amazing. So yeah, so, but it was very sad because like I, like I said before, uh, Syria is a very patriarchal society. And so when she was the hospital director, she got criticized a lot from it um, because she was not a man. 
So men would come up to her and ask her for medicine or something like that. And she was like, I'm sorry, we're out, you know, because they were, they didn't have anything. And the man was like, give me a male director, give me a male manager or give me a man doctor. And she was like, well, I'm the manager. Um, so yeah. And they were like, no, you don't belong in the workplace. Women belong, belong at home. Some, a man told her that to her face. And he, she was there to help them. You know what I mean? She actually said that people turned her down, turned her help down because she was a woman. They wouldn't let them, like, her help them, which is so freaking sad. But she stood up to them, which is freaking awesome. And she told them, she was like, you know what? If you think you can go find medicine at a male-managed hospital, go find it. Because they, they're not going to find anything because all the resources were gone. So she was like, are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, you're taking these, like, you're blaming me for circumstances that I can't control? Okay, there, calm down, buddy. <laughs> but despite all that, she overcame that, which is freaking amazing. And I couldn't imagine how hard that would be. I would be just so freaking angry all the time. I would want to cry constantly. And she did cry a lot. I mean, who won it? She's seen thousands of kids die because there was no resources you know what I mean there were chemical attacks so these kids would come in and they were suffocating and if they only had medicine for one child one child you know they had to choose between like say five kids and they only had one one shot for them you know so they always pick the worst one to try to get that worst one up to the level of the others um but it's super sad that they had to choose that you know what i mean like i couldn't imagine having to do that um and a lot of kids also started to starve to death because there was no food so they so yeah they might have gotten over their sickness and their injuries but then they starved to death because there was nothing and it's just so freaking sad that this happened but i'm so glad that Amani was there to help and keep fighting for those children, you know, because at that time, a lot of doctors did flee. They didn't want to stay around because it's a civil war, you know what I mean? And it was dangerous. Like I said, there was bombings constantly. Like, it was ridiculous. But I'm so glad that she was there and she was able to help some people, which is freaking amazing. And that we need more people like that, you know? So yeah, so actually in 2018, um, she and the rest of the doctors had to close down the cave hospital and they had to move away because the bombings were getting so bad and um, higher officials actually told them, if you do not leave now, you will die. And they just straight up told them. And so they, her and her team left and they were, they became refugees in Turkey. So she is actually still living in Turkey currently, which is pretty cool, you know what I mean? But yeah, so even though she was the director of the hospital, even though she was a very, very good doctor, she was still having to overcome all the patriarchal society norms, you know what I mean? She still has to come over, overcome that even to this day. And she has actually stated that once Syrian... Once a Syrian civil war is over with, she's going back to Syria, which I think is really cool. You know what I mean? 
And she has also mentioned that her family is still actually living in Syria, which is kind of crazy to me. Where I wonder where they live. I'm not sure which part of Syria that they live in, but I would have assumed that they all would have left when she left. But maybe not, you know, maybe they're in a safer spot, which is always good, you know what I mean? But yeah, so she actually left Syria and when she was in Turkey, she met up with a love interest that she was talking to online. And his name is Hamza. Hamza. And they are actually engaged to get married now, which is super awesome. And she actually stated, she said, when I left Syria, I was hopeless. I was lost. You know, she didn't know what to do. She, she didn't want to go back and study because that's not what sh she just overcame a civil war and a war zone. She didn't want to like just jump back into normal everyday life and she said that the the engagement and having him was a very enlightening and it helped her a lot which is really amazing and that goes to prove that we need people you know we need others and we need to look out for others and that's really what I think her whole message is so currently what she's doing and what she's fighting for right now is to get other countries to notice Syria so, like I've said, there was a half a million people killed by the government, by Syria's government, and no other country has stepped in. Not the UK, not the UN, and so that's what she's doing right now, you know, she's trying to go to all these big countries and she's trying to get help for Syria because there is still hope and she believes that somebody, another country needs to step in and help them. And we need to be more compassionate and see that people are getting killed. You know, innocent people who are just maybe in a hospital. You know, they're bombing hospitals. This is such a huge thing that I don't, like, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I don't want this to slip under the rug. I want people to talk about it. I want people to know about this because I didn't know about Dr. Amani. I didn't know about, like, all the horrible things that are happening in Syria. I didn't know any of this. And so that's why I wanted to talk about her today and really spread her message around. Um, so yeah, so you can actually go watch her whole experience in the hospital on a documentary called The Cave. So they made that documentary. A Syrian man, um, I can't remember his name, but he is a filmmaker. And he was actually there filming uh, the Civil War in other areas. And then he um, heard about this doctor and they were running an underground hospital. And he's like, I got to get over there and like record. And so he actually went over there to the hospital and he stayed there and filmed everyday life, you know? And so that's how they got that documentary. And I have not personally watched that documentary. I cannot find it um, without, like, I cannot find it for free. So I don't want to rent or buy it yet. Uh, but if you know that it's good or if you have seen it or anything, let me know and I'll probably, I'll probably rent it, you know. But it's actually an Oscar award winning documentary, which is freaking amazing. Uh, but Amani did talk about how she was scared and she was um, like she didn't want to go and release the movie, the documentary, because she was a, she was afraid of what the documentary would do for her family because like I said her family's still in Syria so she was really scared that something was going to happen to them because the Syrian government would actually take families of activists and kill them or imprison them and torture them and do horrible things to them just because they were 
family of an activist. So, like, she was really scared for her family, but the documentary came out, and nothing has happened to her family yet, which is freaking amazing, and I hope nothing ever does, because that is horrible, and nobody deserves that. But yeah, so you can go watch The Cave, and if you do go watch it, let me know how it is, okay? <laughs> so yeah, so she has done amazing things, and because she's done amazing things, she has been rewarded the... Council of Europe's Raoul Wallenberg Prize for her humanitarian efforts, which is freaking amazing, and she deserves it, you know what I mean? Because she has seen so much, and has done so much, and she's just a strong person, you know what I mean? So she has actually also started a foundation. So her foundation is called All Amal Fund, which is hope in English, and it's she created it to support children and women and empower them, which is freaking amazing, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm trying to do, you know? I'm trying to empower women, She and she is too, which is freaking amazing. So, um, currently, actually, her and her fiancé, Hama, ha, Hamza, uh, I'm, I apologize if I'm, like, totally um, saying all these names wrong. I'm not Syrian or Turkish, or anything like that, so I apologize, I'm trying my best, okay, um, but her and her fiance are actually trying to get, um, the chance to go to Canada and start a fresh life, so they might be in Canada, if they go to Canada, I'm probably definitely gonna go see her, because that's not that far away, and I think she is just a strong and amazing woman that everybody should know about, and that's why I'm talking about her today, you know, but yeah, so, like I said, she is the strongest person I think I've ever talked about. I mean, I couldn't imagine working underground while, like, working underground as a doctor while above you bombs are going off. I couldn't imagine that. Um, she has PTSD, as you would suspect, you know what I mean? And I just, I feel so sad for her because of all the trauma that she went through, but I'm also just so happy that she was there. Because if she wasn't there, there would be no first woman director and thousands of children probably would have died. But she was there to save them, which is freaking amazing. So thank you, Dr. Amani Balor, for helping all these children and for continuing to help those children in Syria and all the children and women in Syria, which is freaking amazing. And I thank you for that. So yeah, so that was... Dr. Amani, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed. So let's move into the positive segment time. So the states of Minnesota and Pennsylvania both enacted laws to ban all child marriage before the age of 18, which is freaking amazing because I think it's ridiculous that you can even get married at 18. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's not ridiculous. If you have the person you love in your life, then go ahead and get married. But that's not the case a lot of the times, you know what I mean? And some people get forced into marriages, which is not right. So I'm super glad that those states are changing that, you know, which is awesome. But yeah, so that was a short little positive segment. I hope everybody enjoyed. And that was the episode. So I really hope everybody enjoyed this episode. And I really hope that you like Dr. Amani Balor, and I really hope you go follow her and go see what else she is doing because she is doing amazing things. So yeah, so 
As always, you can find this podcast in all podcasting mediums, and you can also find this podcast on Instagram and Twitter at power 2 Also, if you want to go check out my other podcast that I do with my brother called The Five Cent Club, we just talk about shit that doesn't make sense. So that'd be awesome if you could check that out. Also, if you want to go check out my other personal Instagram page, at emilynichols00, that'd be awesome. And my personal Twitter page at youngemily1864, that'd also be awesome. So yeah, so as always, everybody, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Stay safe out there. Help kids out. Help children. Go follow Dr. Romani and all the amazing things that she is doing. And stay safe out there and help each other out, okay? We are a community, not an individual society. A community society, okay? As always, I'll see ya and talk to ya next week. Peace and aliens be with ya.